All right, guys, one, two, three, here we go. Can I get a little motivation, a little energy? I want you to be excited with me. This is Juan Santos over to Counselor's Journey, and we are going to dive into another episode all about teaching you, mental health professionals, how to A, start, B, grow, C, scale a six-figure counseling private practice without, without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. You know, it's interesting when when you're in graduate school, and I'm going to just start right into the episode with this. When you're in grad school and you talk to your professors about building a private practice, it's rare that one of them is going to pull you aside and say, hey, let's, let's talk about getting to know your customer. Where are they going to find you? They're going to land on a website. It's rare that a professor is going to pull you aside and talk about building out a website and the intricates of search engine optimization. If anything, right, if you bring this up to a professor, they may, A, tell you, hey, it's not a good idea. They may tell you, B, why don't you get your feet wet for 10, 15 years in uh, an agency or a hospital, something like that. Nothing wrong with that. And then at a later point, see what you want to do. They may tell you, C, well, have you thought about getting a PhD? Have you thought about continuing your studies and working in academia? Or they may tell you nothing and say, get out of my face. Hopefully not that last one, right? Now, today's episode, I want to focus on what your website needs, and it it really highlights SEO, search engine optimization, from the viewpoint of the client. So what I want you to think about is I want you to go back to grad school and your practicum and your internship, maybe your first years of getting your feet wet. And see, during that time, you are focused on developing your like clinical expertise. You're trying to figure out if you're going to work with couples, you're trying to identify if you're going to follow maybe the CBT or DBT route. Maybe you're going to go down the rabbit hole of EMDR. And you're digging into that clinical area. Now, as you're doing that, what I want you to look at is I want you to think about the big why. Why are you doing all of that work? And more than likely, to some degree, it has to do because you want to provide an exceptional service, transformation. You want to be able to connect human to human and show this person who you are serving that you're there to do just that, to serve, to support, to guide, to move them forward, to support with their healing, their recovery. And that means that you, client, a counselor, therapist, psychologist, mental health professional, you listening, it means that you you dug in and you did your due diligence. And, you, and, you, and you're, you're probably still doing it, right? You're continuing to do those continuing education courses and credits because it's important for you to show up with integrity, it's important for you to show up with a know-how of if my client is struggling with anxiety, then here's the coping skills, here's the psychoeducation that I have. Now, what I want you to think about too is I want you to consider are you placing the same amount of energy when it comes to your website? Right? And sometimes people get stuck there because they go, What does that even mean? How could I place that energy into my website? Well, here, here's what it here's how, what it means. I want you to imagine these two scenarios. One client walks up into your office and they're there sitting with you during the session and they're telling you that they struggle with anxiety and they go, I feel really anxious. I have these thoughts just keep coming and coming. I'm not sure why. And then you tell them, you know what? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I don't, what is anxiety? I'm not sure. So then you, you kind of get stuck and, and then we pause. We pause that for a moment and we acknowledge that you were asked the question, you didn't know the answer, which means that more than likely, 
during that grad school period, during your practicum internship and so forth, the due diligence was not done. Because to some degree, maybe we should know to an elementary level what that means. So then we flip that over to your website. Stick with me here. Stick with me. And then a client lands on your website and they see this menu. And on the menu, they see uh, a little tab that says services, right? All cap services. So they click it and then it takes them to a broken page and they go, well, darn, why have me click here if it doesn't work? So we pause that. So in both of those experiences, they were poor, right? They, they weren't the very best experience. Someone landed on your website, they clicked on something, it took them nowhere, it didn't work. Someone went to your office and they worked with you, they asked about anxiety, you had no idea what you're doing. So to some degree, we could line those up and parallel them and say, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So clinically, that would mean that if you're a therapist and a counselor and you want to work with uh, anxious individuals, that means that you're doing the back-end work. You're engaging in these continuing educations. You're uh, communicating with your colleagues. You got a brainstorm group. You're reading. You know, you are just really taking in as much information as you can and sharpening that that uh, that axe, if you will, so that you are an expert in your field when it comes to the realm of anxiety. And then when we look at your website, we want to do something very similar to that. So there's a couple of key areas I want you to look at. And this has to do with SEO, search engine optimization. That's you with providing a strong service. This has to do with your client coming to you and feeling that they're comfortable, they're supported, they're able to navigate that site to get to you. So let's start with that. Let's start with navigation. That's one of the first points I want to share with you. If someone lands to your website, I want you to put yourself in the, in the client's shoes. And the client is searching for help. They're searching for support. They want these things in front of them. So from that point, you want something simple, not like a thousand words on their dissertation about why you're the best therapist. No, something very clear. Like I help anxious people. Do you struggle with blank symptoms? And then you bullet them out so that when they're reading it, they know exactly what's in front of them. You have a menu on there. The menu is very clear. The menu may say blog. Right, simple, four letters. The menu may say services. The menu may say fees, FAQ, something simple, something direct. Do not overcomplicate it. And this goes right back to that clinical space. If your client comes to you and they say, um, Dr. Blah, 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 I'm really struggling with you know, my anxiety. Let's use anxiety again. And then all of a sudden, you decide to go on this wonderful journey of conversation where you are the keynote speaker talking about the intricate parts of the brain, you throw in their cortisol, you throw in their uh, neurotransmitters and what's happening in, in that space. And, and I, I, want, I want you to think about this. The average client, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be following on track with you or is that going to be kind of over their head? Is that what they need in that moment? And there's times that I'll sit down maybe with my primary care provider and the individual may try to do just that. So then I pump the brakes and I go, hey, listen, my blood pressure is high. So my question has to do with blood pressure. What can I do? Speak to me in a language that makes sense to me. So I'm able to leave your office and do the work that I need to do. And this is not me communicating with my provider that what they're sharing is ineffective. It's more of we have a specific amount of time to meet. I need the information that can be utilized right now. 
And then on my own, I'm more than happy if you want to provide me with some resources where I can read a little more into that detail, but I need some action that I can engage in to support with the blood pressure. And for my provider, remember when I brought that up with him, he was really excited about it. Next thing you know, he gave me some really neat ideas, you know, all the way from a cold shower, waking up a little bit earlier, increasing um, fitness as far as uh, decreasing cardiovascular, increasing uh, muscle tone exercises, took that whole process. Blood pressure went down, came back, had a follow-up session with him, shared that with him. So he was, he was really excited about it. Now, going back to your website, next thing I want you to look at is you got this potential client coming in and... I like to think about you driving down the road and seeing a big old billboard. Sometimes they're catchy, like Got Milk or the Chick-fil-A ones. I like those a lot. So when I land on your website, what's going to stick out to me and me being your client? Like, like, would it be where I just see your name, Dr. Blah, blah, blah? Would it be where I see your name and three lines of credentials? I'm proud of you for those credentials. But do I actually even know what those credentials mean? Do I, do I know what they mean compared to other providers who have credentials? Maybe not. So when we have these catchy headlines, just like the Chick-fil-A one when you're driving down the road, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about benefit. How can this uh, headline be a benefit to your client? Such as benefit, healing a relationship. Or maybe you speak to the pain. You know, uh, what, what would a pain be? And think about that for your client. So headlines has to be something that's on your site and really just bright right there that connects to that individual you're working with. Next item to look at when it comes to your site, and this connects right with a clinical space. And this is the brand. So the brand includes your logo, your colors, your fonts, really having those consistent. And I mentioned that this connects to the clinical space because if you think about your client coming to you for a session, right? They walk into your, they walk into your office and you do the first session, you go over the treatment plan, diagnosis, and then you tell them how the next session is going to be structured. And you say, in the beginning, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. We're going to have some space for homework, some coping skills. We're going to go into interventions and so forth. So now they're excited about it. So the next time they come in, bam, same thing. You follow the structure. Well, you know what? The, the third time they come in, they start speaking to you and then they're realizing that you're not remembering. And then you notice that because they tell you, I told you that last time. So then you tell them something like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot that. And then they let it go. But then it happens again the next session. So now there's inconsistencies. And these do not favor the relationship, the therapeutic relationship. It may lead to early termination. So now we go to your, your website. Right for the for the factor of SEO, and we think about branding. Branding is having a consistent logo, having consistent colors and fonts, so that if I go to your About Me page and it's got a picture of you and it looks awesome, it looks professional. I see the logo nearby. I see maybe some orange or some yellow, so it looks really cool. And then I go to the next page and I see some blue and some bright green. And then I go to another page and it's all white with a black uh, words. Right, so now I'm kind of thinking about, all right, there's a lot happening here. It takes me in different directions. It's a bit hard to have a relationship with that brand. And, and you know, if you think about that, the, the reason I said it's a bit hard to have a relationship with that brand is because we as people connect when it comes to consistencies. Uh, consistent. Being consistent. There we go. 
Next item to look at is your, your images, your videos. You know, ensuring that they're of high quality, they make sense. This one I think sometimes we skip over. I was doing a consult with an individual and they had wonderful images. And then we were in a couple of pages about relationship and uh, premarital work they did. But I noticed the pictures were interesting. Like the pictures were about like dogs and then some had some buildings. But the actual information was about helping couples. So we kind of got into that conversation and uh, the, the person was like, well, I love dogs. So I thought, why not share this? Helps my client get to know me a little bit better. And I like to travel. So why not, you know, put some pictures of places I've been to. To me, it made sense. I said, yes, this makes sense. Here's the issue, though. This page that you have here, you're talking about helping a couple overcome trust uh, issues, come closer together. And then you have a picture of a, of a building in a city. How do those relate? So what we did was we got the, we got the same picture. And we moved it over to another blog where the individual talked about their love of travel and how that supports them with mental health and how that could be something individuals can use in their own journey. So now there's consistency in there. It makes sense when we're, in, when we're utilizing photos, when we're utilizing images. The next item to look at when you are utilizing photos and images, this one has to do with that big refresh button. Refresh button means that if you've got an image of your old office on your website, and then now you have a new office, it would make sense that the old office pictures are either archived or maybe just taken entirely away or put somewhere specifically with clear information on why they're there. I want you to think about that on the large scale. When you land on your website, the images that you're using, is there anything there that's out of date? Anything that you may want to remove that you, that you look at and you go, you know what, we're not using that anymore or that one doesn't make too much sense. Because what's going to happen is if, if, you know, if it's the image of a building where you're working at, like your office, and then a client gets there and they're looking around the uh, big old parking lot and they're like, where, where is this place? And they're looking at their address like, I'm, I'm at the right place, but this place does not look like that place. What am I doing? That's where we want to make sure that we have that consistency there. All right, next item when it goes to SEO, this one goes back to the big C, consistency. You can choose videos. You can choose blogs. It could be social media. There, there must be something on your website that highlights your ongoing work. So like for instance, for my practice, Santos Counseling, it's uh, a blog. We have a couple of other items where I highlight the blog. And the blog is something that at least once a month, there is a update to it to some degree. Now, this is where you can get really savvy. And I had a consult uh, with a couple of individuals. I think this last month of May has been, um, yes, this has been recorded in May. Uh, 2023, I had, a, I had a, a good amount of consults this week with different clinicians. And we were talking about the, <laughs> the headache, the headache that comes with creating new content. So we went into the rabbit hole, which has a lot to do with what we're talking about here, of SEO. And with SEO, we know that we want to create new content, right? New content of a new blog or a new video, new something that goes in there and then it integrates into your website that keeps it fresh, that keeps traction coming in, that keeps the crowd coming towards you so that you're feeding your practice, supporting your community with um, resources, if you will. Now, just about every individual I've been in consult with, 
was a bit frustrated because they were like, man, <laughs> when can I take a break? Like, when can I just stop creating? Um, and I'm a big advocate of pausing. Like, you know, if, you, if you're just burnt out and you're like, you know what? I've been blogging for four years, two times a month. I'm going to take a break. Do it. Take that break. I don't think a month break or two months is going to really destroy your entire platform. If you can outsource it, even better. Now, here's where I like to get savvy. I have to throw in a couple of strategies. Uh, And these strategies came from me hiring marketing consultants, which is something I like to do from time to time. At least once a year, I like to hire an expert that does SEO or does something in the marketing space. I'll hire them, pay them whatever they want, sit down with them, talk to them about my entire business uh, portfolio. So this is what I got. And then they give me feedback. They go, here's what you could be doing differently. Here's how you can update this. All of that information I take down. And then for the next year or six months, I'm implementing all of those items they've, they're consulting me on. So it's not them directly doing that work for me. You know, that's no different than if a patient comes to you and the patient struggles with depression. They may do one session with you. And in that session, you tell them to be consistent on their sleep. You tell them to make their bed. You tell them to engage in positive talk. You tell them to journal on gratitude. So then they say, thank you. They go and they do the work for a certain amount of time to see what happens. And maybe a year later, they come back and kind of check in with you. That, that takes place from time to time. So I like to do that on the business end. Now going back, so the, the individuals I've met with over time, some key items they shared with me is instead of creating new content, A, go to your old content, especially the ones that are really big. Like let's say you made a 20-minute video on uh, 10 ways to find, uh, to cope with anxiety. Go back to that video, download it to your your drive, and then split it into 10 separate um, individual videos, and then shoot them out individually. So that's one way. You're not creating anything new. You're just you're just doing a split and then you're pulling it out and then uh, driving it, setting it loose. The other one is go to your current videos that you have. So like I use YouTube. I use YouTube for a counselor's journey. If you're not on there, my friends, hop on and subscribe. And I'll go on there and let's say I did a YouTube video that has to do with um, bringing in multiple uh, platforms of passive income. I'll go to the description section. I'll read what I wrote and then I'll create edits on it. Because things change over time. So that's, that's an important item to look at. You don't have to recreate the whole video. You don't have to rewrite the whole things. You're just, you're just adding a few. That same strategy is the last one here when it comes to uh, these edits. Go to your blogs. Go to your pages on your website. Your post on your website. <clears throat> and then identify what is written. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that I wrote a blog on um, how to heal your relationship. And I've got 10 strategies that couples can use. All I got to do is add 11 or add 12. Or I can go to number seven and notice that I only wrote three sentences and I'm going to pop in four more sentences. And you notice I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just adding a little bit. So that's, that's, that's how you can continue to really enrich. And, is that even a word? Enrich? And, I don't know. It doesn't sound like one. <laughs> it doesn't sound like one. Um, that's how you can continue to nurture, right? Give a nice hug to the SEO. That sounds nice. Um, That's feedback that I've received from experts. I've seen it work on my website. And I'll see it work as far as like ranking. If I have a post out there and I notice that maybe it's on the second page. 
I'll go on, I'll do some of these edits, and then it goes a little bit higher, closer to the first. And it's not recreating some giant item. Um, next item here, it's the last one for you head off. When you look at the clinical work, I, I think most clinicians I've met have some sort of call to action. And, and, and call to action is a more like a business term. So let's switch that to a call to action could be like supportive coping skill, like something that's allowed. So you may go work with a, 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 a client may go work with you and then they walk away and go, mm, that therapist really gave me blank, really supported me to see blank. And it's like this item of transformation that sticks out that just implements really well. So on the business side, that's a call to action. As you go through a website and you read a nice blog or whatever information, then bam, something sticks out to you. And it calls at you and then you click it and then it leads to you scheduling an appointment or purchasing something or doing something, some sort of call to action. So I want you to think about that. I want you to go to your website and I want you to go through the key pages. Where are people spending their time on your site? Ensure that there's something on there that highlights a call to action. Again, a call to action, it doesn't just have to be schedule an appointment. You can play with those words. Schedule an appointment, schedule now. Don't wait. Keep keep playing with those words until you find what fits your audience. And when you look at call to action, in addition to that, it could be what else is happening on your website. So let's say you can have a call to action that says read more articles like this one. Have more questions. Speak to us directly. Ask a counselor a question. Right? And all of those could be just unique. The last one, that one was one I was in a, um, a consultation session. Uh, and uh, this, this lady from uh, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Uh, we were just kind of going back and forth and, and brainstorming. And then she was like, what if I have that? Like, what if I have ask a counselor? Almost like, you know, um, and you, you ask a reporter or like in you know newspapers back in the day. Maybe they still have it now where you have like these uh, little forums and someone's answering those questions. So she found that really supportive. And I was like, jump on it. Try it out. I know that as far as my own personal work, whether it's a counselor's journey, the counseling practice, um, and the, um, the individual I do consultation with, I see it over and over and over where individuals will reach out with a message, even using the platform Psychology Today. I mean, how many of you listening to this use Psychology Today, you use any of those directories, and then you get either an email or a phone call, right? So someone is reaching out to you, and typically they're reaching out to you with some kind of question or something that they're asking. That means that it works. So then all you have to do is bring those to you, and maybe you can ask a direct question it could be, or a prompt, again, call to action, ask a counselor, and then below it, you can have a little more details. So now a client comes into your website, and they're like, you know what? Let me just click here and it goes directly to you. I mean, how amazing is that? You're giving them access to you. So it's going to make them feel really powerful in that moment. And I think that can really lead to those next steps of the items uh, moving forward, whether it's scheduling, working with you to some degree, or just spreading love, spreading the message that this is a wonderful website and then bringing more individuals to you. All right, my friends, if you notice, there's always work to do and it can be fun. It can be enjoyable. We don't have to spin our wheels about it. Now, before you head off, do me a kindness, a big favor. Wherever you're listening at, you know where you're listening at because you're listening, right? Not a trick question. Get on there. Leave me a five-star review. I'm going to tell you directly why. Goal is to grow this platform as much as I can. And then how do we do it? I literally Googled 
How can I grow my podcast? What does it say? It says, ask individuals to leave you an awesome review, a five-star review. What am I doing? I'm telling you just that. What's my big goal? My big goal is for Counselor's Journey to be a podcast that counselors, mental health professionals can go to receive free support, level up their practice, level up their life, because we know that this can be a struggle. It can be a headache. That's the last thing I want for you. I want you to find excitement, fulfillment when you do this process of building your business so that you can show up for your clients without that stress, without that headache. I appreciate the kindness. I appreciate the time sharing space with you. As you head out today, guys, I want you to give yourself a big old hug, a big old high five, because listen, you're doing it. You're taking time out of your day to build your six-figure private practice. You are tapping into ambition. You're tapping into curiosity, and you're doing it here together. We're holding hands. We're walking on this journey, a private practice journey. Before you head off, do me a kindness. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know which episode really stuck out to you. Which one made you go, yes, I need to start doing a little bit more of that. Or yes, I am doing that and I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am seeing amazing changes. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to growing together on our journey.